Welcome to the RV Navigator Podcast, your RV lifestyle digital home. Visit the RV Navigator homepage at rvnavigator.com. And now, here are your hosts, Ken and Martha, podcasting from their mobile RV studio that might be parked in a campground near you. Hello, loyal podcast listeners. Unfortunately, now that I have listened to the podcast, which you are about to listen to, I must apologize for the sound quality. We intended to have a nice sunny day out on the porch, but the wind overwhelmed some of our talking and our microphone just couldn't handle that wind noise. So there is some dropout in this uh, podcast, and I'm very sorry for that. We hope that you'll focus on the content rather than listening to the technical problems and that you'll still enjoy the podcast. Anyway, on with the show. The RV Navigator welcomes you to episode 102, October 2013. Hello, this is Ken, your RV Navigator. And Martha, the co-pilot. And we're talking to you from our at-home studio. <laughs> well, our at-home out deck. Out on the deck. So if you hear some gusts yes. of wind, we apologize for that. But it's but it was just, just such too a nice, nice day. to stay outside. Inside. Just, it's 85 or 83 degrees and... Dry. Dry. We're looking at our the late last. season roses and the tomatoes are going great guns. And it's just and a joy to be out here. across the country has been pretty good here at the end of September. And it has been a very nice fall. We've had two weeks of very nice weather and we have enjoyed it immensely, but we did have to put the RV to sleep this past week. Because we're going to desert it. <gasps> we're deserting it? Yes. What kind of dessert are we having? <laughs> we're leaving the country. Oh no. So do you want to talk about winterizing first and what you did? or Oh, we'll tantalize them. Stay tuned, because in a few minutes we will be talking about traveling to other parts of the world. Hear what the RV navigators will be doing in months ahead. Okay, so... Should I say that now? Too much drama, huh? Well, we just did our winterizing, and I'm sure that uh, most of you, if you're thinking of... Uh, the upcoming season and you're living in the north, you're thinking about winterizing. Um, my three gallons of uh, antifreeze and all we had to finally do the <laughs> the Splendid washer. Oh, it's theoretically fixed. Theoretically. Well, I did a load and it worked. But I have a low trust factor. Yeah, why weren't you able to do the... Uh, you want me to rant and rave about that again? Just so we <laughs> I did a, last a little month. bit more ranting and raving. And why would you have to rent and rave? Well, let me say this. We uh-huh. went to Elkhart, to the Splendid distributor. It's our yes. impression that that site is mainly there to distribute the washers from... Wackamas, Oregon, or wherever they come from, to the various RV manufacturers in Elkhart, and we met a very nice man who said, be here at 7.30. We were, he was, and he got right to work, and he made me have a feeling of great confidence as he attacked my washing machine problem, and made me feel once again that the worst thing you can do is get your washing machine installed at Camping World, as he pulled out three miles of of the hose that you put in the exhaust system and said it had so many kinks that the hot air was not getting out and that he thought that might be causing our not being able to get the door open problem. So once again, you know, going to the factory to have the work done 
seems to have uh, been the solution for us. And because our motorhome is portable, <laughs> our home is portable, it really worked out pretty well. And they had the parts we needed. They had and they honored the warranty. And the, yes, and it was free. They they did a nice job. So, if you're in Elkhart. <laughs> Just kind of we can recommend a splendid <laughs> repair place. Uh, but can we recommend their parking lot? No. Well, they hit a 15. Yeah, and water. And water. So everything worked out well. Uh, so maybe this kind of uh, gives us a chance to talk about the end of our trip as the wind blows in the backyard. Well, since we talked to you in, in Ohio, yes, we, we know that, I know that I made a mistake on my blog, but we never listened to ourselves, so we well, don't know if we also made well, a mistake. We when we were staying at Maumee uh, State Park in Ohio, a wonderful campground that we raved about last month, and we had it on the long, wrong lake. Uh, somewhere along the line, we must have said it was on Lake Huron when it really was on Lake Erie. And we thank you, listeners, very much for bringing this grapes into our attention. But we were only, it was less than 50 miles. We'd spent the day driving down down Lake Huron, and I forgot that we turned the corner. Lake Huron, Lake Ontario, Lake Erie. Erie, you know. One lake is like another. So you get to Lake Michigan, which is our lake. So we can make that mistake about Lake Sorry, sorry, sorry. Well, that way, and we heard almost immediately from listeners about the... Rightly so. After Mommy, we did a, a family thing in uh, Rock Hill, South Carolina, catching up with the few members of our family that are still alive. Very very fun, very nice. If for no other reason, because they have the cheapest gas and diesel in the universe. Well, $2.88 now. For regular, yeah. my sister Oof. said. Which probably, when awesome you're listening to this, isn't that cheap, but back two weeks ago, yeah, it's really it been was falling. Uh, fairly inexpensive. And from there, we headed... But not um, cheap diesel. No, not as cheap. Mm-hmm. We headed north to Hershey, Pennsylvania to attend the biggest the big. RV show in the United we States. They measure big. I'm thinking they must have measured big because they had 1,000 RVs on yeah, site. On it's site. a very big parking right. area. It was very nice to meet uh, several of you and we uh, appreciate you sending us emails to make the connection and uh, and actually showing up and wow, we we walked around the RV show and uh, were actually recognized. So, thank you all for uh, for visiting us and sorry for the couple people that we didn't get the chance to see uh, due to tight connections, I guess. If you're only there for one day, it's kind of hard sometimes for rendezvous. Yes, um, but I wanted to talk for a minute about uh, the number one item on the email agenda this month, and that's the tire pressure monitoring system. I I constantly get emails about the the tire pressure systems. As most of you know, we changed from the Durand to the TPS system. Is there a rant coming here? Oh, no. I'm keeping myself under control. I just wanted to get a martini just in case. Oh, yeah, and one for me, too. We had problems with it, and the thing I didn't like about it was the fact that you had to send the sensors in to get the batteries went bad. And for us, the batteries were going bad fairly frequently. And I kept having to send the sensors in, and I would send them in what I thought was under warranty, and they would say, no, there's nothing wrong with your sensor, so you have to buy a new one to get a replacement and blah, 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 blah. But even so, I figured that every two or three years, I was going to be spending 300 bucks to replace all 10 sensors. So back in the days when we were in Quartzsite, I bought a new one. And several of you have asked, uh, was it a good choice? And I think overall, if you're going to have a tire pressure monitoring system... Which seems like a good idea... It does, but I, I guess it's on the cutting edge of technology or something because they 
It didn't work all that well either. This last trip... It alarmed us fairly often. Yeah, that's because it loses a sensor, and that was the problem with the other one too. And this last month, it was a month-long trip, and only the last week did I have all 10 sensors working. That's crazy. Because, in all honesty, I had to replace some of the batteries already, even though we just bought it in February. That's crazy. And they're supposed to last for two or three years. Well, at least I could get out there and And change the batteries. And they gave me, at the time that I purchased this, they gave me a (laughs) a spare set of batteries. So I haven't had to spend any money. Not the batteries are that expensive, and I could go out there and do it, but it is kind of a pain in the neck to have to get out there and play. So, these are the kind of batteries you could just go to Walgreens? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're just little uh, button batteries. Um, but you'd expect them to last a, a little bit longer than that. But other than that, uh, this system is nice. I like the pass-through uh, way to fill. You, you can put the air chuck on the sensor, and you can fill the two. The, the, oh, without taking it off. Without taking it off, which is a convenience. I was a little bit afraid of this, but the the system that we have now has a just a rechargeable battery, and I don't have it hooked up to the 12-volt system in the coach. Like the other one, which that made that one kind of uh, permanently installed. I just have this one Velcroed, and then every once in a while I have to charge it. But uh, I went virtually the whole month without having to recharge it and using it every day that we travel. So the batteries last a, a, a good long time, and it allows me to take the <laughs> take the the control unit off and walk around to the to the tires and see the pressure there and to see if it's the battery or if I'm just too far away. That's one of the things I always have a question about. Is is the sensor sending a signal on the receiver's not receiving it? Are you losing the car the most because that's the no. farthest away? Well, that's no. That doesn't but, make sense then. Yes, but you see we have the dualies in the back and there's the, the inside tire pressure sensor is inside the rim. Yeah, yeah. And so that would be hard. Yeah, to get the signal out. Yeah. But one of the ones I lost was the driver's side driver wheel. Which is as close as you can get. <laughs> so that one I figured it must be the battery. And it kind of died suddenly. These systems, I guess, are just plain quirky, and I'm just going to have to put up with that. But this one seems to be about the best of any of them. And it was reasonably priced. And I can replace the batteries whenever I feel like it. And you're going to put a link on the website to an article where someone has gotten to this in far greater <laughs> yeah, depth you... <laughs> than, than you are going to? As always, there are more. There's more information, and uh, this is a new article about a guy who has actually two Monitoring TPMS systems. systems and is, uh, I don't know why. But anyway, you could read that and, and see if you like it. Yourself. Get another perspective. Yeah. And even if you have a, you know, these work on travel trailers, uh, so you can put it on your tow vehicle and your travel trailer, especially with travel trailers, I would think you'd want to have it because it's hard to tell. When a tire goes bad, and when it goes bad, it takes out the whole wheel well. So uh, it's important that you have that. Uh, ours is important, but I think we would know if a tire. You might start feeling the handling yeah. of it. Yeah, and of course for the car too, it's it's critically important. And it has saved us once <laughs> when we had the uh, the auxiliary braking system attached incorrectly, and it was dragging the brakes. And I could tell because the the temperature went up dr- mm-hmm. dramatically, mm-hmm. and I had no reason for that. Mm-hmm. All right. So, but if you have questions, we're always happy to, to uh, take your emails, and we do appreciate you sending us an email. And, of course, our address is navigator at rvnavigator.com. And if you want to look at uh, the web links and things, of course, you could just go to rvnavigator.com. But we assume that you all know that already. But 
we get new listeners every month. I can't believe how many people actually start with episode one and listen all the way through. It's just... And we met some who did that. I know. Very cool. God, how could you... (laughs) Listen to us. All 100 episodes. Well, we we appreciate your loyalty, but I'm I'm a little bit concerned that we might be disappointing in the next month or two because we are going to be thousands and thousands of miles away from the United States trip to India and seven weeks. Um, their thinking being that it takes so long to get there, you might as well see it all because you don't want to do a 15-hour flight too many times in your life. No. We might not get on air on time. If we do, it'll probably be about India, not about RVing. Why can't we RV in India? I don't know if they do. have any of Well, we should think about it. We will be looking for RVs oh, sure. over there. Sure. I'm more expecting to be in little tuk-tuks and oxen-drawn wagons. Many and forms like that. of transportation <laughs> right. while we visit the. Right. What continent? It's a subcontinent of Asia, I would say. Yes, and we're doing this on a tour, so we will be. Oh, and of course, we're going to miss the RV because the RV, we can take everything. And on this, we're limited to 33, 33 pounds. pounds. It's going to kill us. <laughs> The RV Navigator. But, of course, I am taking the RV Navigator recording equipment. No clothes. No just, clothes. Just, just RV technology. St- just technology. Oh, well, I have to take my cameras and my video. and Oh, my. This is going to be... So we apologize and ask for your understanding. Um, even when we get back... Our brains will not be, our bodies will be back, but our brains may not be. Hey, so we are loyal RV We'll navigators. do our best. We'll do our best, but please understand. Oh, how about another? Well, I had some comments about one of my other rants. I'm getting pretty famous for this, I guess. I talked all about electric, all electric coaches, and we certainly saw a lot of them in Hershey. And almost every manufacturer at least offers that as an option. And I was reading today, oh, Trailer Life magazine, that... Uh, manufacturers offering a fifth wheel with all-electric option, but they don't offer batteries or a generator. Oh, no, they offer it as an option. On an all-electric trailer? Yeah. What kind of option is that? <laughs> You're going to have a hamster with a little wheel spinning around? <laughs> no. No, they offer you the option because they figure you're going to plug in all the time. Oh. Yeah, well, some trailer people just go somewhere and plop. And so I suppose that would work. One of our listeners was nice enough to to call attention to my rant. <laughs> well, we should read a little bit of their email. Yes, I, we ordered a 20... I absolutely, I, I, I absolutely love your podcast. We have to say the good stuff first, don't right. we? Okay. I absolutely love your podcast and have been listening for years. I've learned plenty from you guys. I became extremely interested in new art coaches after listening to your many Dutch Star experiences. We ordered a 2013 Ventana last October and took possession in February and couldn't be happier. We ordered a well-optioned coach with some custom extras, which includes, which makes it all the more fun. One of our first must-haves was a residential refrigerator, which means they didn't listen very carefully to us. <laughs> we also got dual-fuel microheat and upgraded air conditioners. Not to go all electric was to have a, a gas cooktop. We made the jump after much research. So far, we are very happy with our decision. 
First of all, we've never boondocked, but with eight batteries and 2,800 watt pure sine wave inverter, it would simply be a matter of some daily generator use, and I would question that. And if my camping becomes a new passion, this coach is pre-wired for solar, solar panels. How many panels would you need? <laughs> More than your roof can hold. <laughs> Although, of course, we love our Numar, one of the problems was is that when we, when we did have our solar panel installed, we are also pre-wired for our solar. The guy gets up there and says, this wire here won't even handle one solar panel. It's so, oh, so small. And so he had to run rerun the wires anyway because you got to have, for a bunch of solar panels, you have to have. And here's, this is kind of the kicker. We've spent over a month this far parked on family properties with only 20 amp. The coach operates wonderfully on 20 amp service, and Newmar's energy management system gives us... Uh, Keeps everything balanced and working. Refrigeration, microwave, TVs, heating, and plenty of LED lights. I can't speak to air conditioning as we haven't needed it, but I have used the AC heat pump with great success. It's truly freeing to be done with the propane, the weight, the cost, and the ever-present safety concerns. I know it's not for everyone, but with today's technology, you might want to give all electric another look. And Gary, maybe when we're in St. George, Utah next winter, you'd like to give us a demonstration of this, because I find this really hard to believe. Our battery charger takes 30 amps right off the bat yes, it to does. charge our batteries from yes, square it one. It, it pumps in 30 amps. Yeah. So that's a problem. Uh, is this coach newer? Does it have some other? Of course, it's newer, but other way or it's more efficient. It's a 2013. It's more, almost I mean, 10 but, years I mean, is it more efficient, or there's some innovation, no. or no, you some just new have, development you just we have don't to have? Add up your, your amps. I hate using. thinking about this. But when we're on 20 amps, you get to do one thing. You either cook, turn on the radio, <laughs> you turn on the radio, or charge your battery. Uh, I'm very skeptical about the last statement that they live well on 20 amps because that's just almost impossible. We tried we to do have it with, <laughs> We tried to do it with a fifth wheel when we were in Mexico, uh -huh. and that was a challenge. And that almost was a impossible. much smaller setup. That, you're running the air conditioner, and uh, no, we didn't run the air conditioner. Yeah, well, at all. I, well, what theirs does is that I'm sure the inverter kicks in and kicks kicks it up. It gives them more amps to use than the 20. But you're not going to run your air conditioners. And even though I hate thinking about this stuff, one thing that makes me feel good is having redundant systems in our coach because inevitably there's at least one thing that isn't working, <laughs> despite Ken's best efforts to keep everything tip-top shape. So I like to think if the microwave isn't working, I can cook on a burner with the propane. I can yeah. still have hot water one way or the other. I like the flexibility of having both modes of power. And there have been numerous times when we have just let the coach sit for several days because we're off doing something else, and the refrigerator runs fine for numerous days without... Whereas I'm, I would be afraid. Yeah. And of course, they probably have an automatic start on their generator and blah 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 blah. But that we still, don't have. Yeah. That. And the propane is just so brain dead easy to use. So Gary, we are heading toward <laughs> Tucson after Christmas, and it's more than likely that we will be heading towards St. We'll George sit after that. A few some more. We, about this. we want a demo. Yeah. 
and we will demo it. <laughs> we say this in the best of uh, spirit. With a smile on our but faces. For those people who haven't made a decision about this, this is an interesting uh, point of view, and we certainly recognize that as uh, their experience. And maybe it's, maybe there's been some big things that have changed. One of the problems that we've had on this past trip in particular is when 50 amp is not 50 amp. Oh, my. And this is one of the problems is, is that to run all of these accessories, you have to have 50 amp unless you're going to be depleting the coach's onboard supply of gas or electricity or whatever. And, you know, we have four batteries. And our four batteries, the way we use electricity, the way we use it, and that's, we're, you know, we're not heating water, we're not cooking with it except for the microwave. They won't last for 24 hours. What's wrong with us? Well, we watch a lot of TV, and we yeah, you're recording. That's on all the yeah. the satellites on. Yeah, and we have you know we have Wi-Fi on, and yeah, this and that. And, you know, it's just a lot of stuff that's that's using power. And these guys have to you know you have to heat the water in the water tank for the hydro hot. Well, not that, but just the hot water heater uh-huh. is has is yeah. all electric obviously. Yeah. Or yeah. no, it's probably hydro hot. You're right. It's it's probably but still. So that's probably diesel. Oh. Yeah, so that helps a little. We stayed in Hershey, which we're going to talk about in a few minutes. And it was extremely hot and humid. The, I think the hottest time they had de- all 90, summer. 97 degrees. And, 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 of course, the campground was foolish because there were many people attending the RV show along with us. Big rigs. And everybody had their ACs on. And we had a 15 site that we paid $52 a night for, and which we, is something we don't ordinarily do. And how much electricity did we have? Not enough to run one air conditioner. One hundred and so, eight. So one of the things that's that's critical. Now, if you have uh, your energy monitoring system as the Ventana does, then you probably don't. It, it will monitor this, but we don't, we have a more or less manual system. And I have a digital voltmeter, which we can see on the wall at all times. And we have an energy management system, which cuts off the power when it goes below one hundred volts. So it's just like water pressure. Or if you're on the Rio Grande Valley, when you're in Mexico, you get nothing. (laughs) But electricity is the same way. If people tap off and they're using a lot of power, by the time the electrons get to the end of the line, there are very few of them left to run the last coach. And we must have been at the end of the line even though we were in the middle of the street. And our voltage and that's when you're sucking electrons out of that pipe, and our uh, the voltage would go well below 100. And of course, I and mean, it would shut off. It would trip off, which was good because it would have. Yes, because you don't want to run. You do not run or want to run your air conditioner. So even though we had 50 amps, <sighs> we had to run the generator. Can you believe this is? I I can't ever remember ever being hooked up to 50 amp, quote unquote 50 amp. And, and that's why it's so critical that you monitor this because you have to turn things off or you know make adjustments in your power usage. And we could not you turn the power back on until ten o'clock at night. When well, well after well, sunset. Well after sunset, when we noticed that the voltage went up to one ten or one fifteen, and then we would turn on one, one air, air conditioner and it would go down to one o five and one o two, and we would just hope that it would hold in there. There are enough electrons to run our air conditioner, and uh, that is a big problem. And we had ran into that actually twice on this trip. Another time, we had uh, 
30 amp, which should be plenty to do the sorts of things we were doing. And we were plugged in, and it wouldn't run a damn thing. And this is a problem, you know. If you're a a, a big coach and you're all electric, you gotta have that uh, that strong flow, flow of electrons, electrons coming in. Coming in, so. 50 amp, even though you pay for 50 amp, and even though it says 50 amp, and it's a 50 amp socket, you need to monitor it. And we have a, a gizmo which helps us with that. And yeah, it's, just, it, it's helped us. We have only one menu planning by how much electricity you have, or no electricity. <laughs> really, it was lucky that we were Anna eating generator. out. We were eating out with people because. Uh, if we had, we wouldn't have been able to cook, cook, even though we don't really use much electricity when we well, cook. Well, I would have had to microwave. cook on the burner. Yeah. Because I also have a propane system. Oh, the poor Phantom. Oh, your helicopter. <laughs> it had a hard crash. It sure did. And it was you, such a surprise after it had been so reliable yes. and easy to control and sending back wonderful shots of everywhere great, we've been. Great pictures, which we hope to put up on the webpage here soon. It was uh, flying along, and apparently, uh, in retrospect, I don't know this now, is, is that it lost a prop because the prop nut came off. And so... I was looking at it, and it was 150 feet in the air, and all of a sudden, because it, it has no aerodynamics at all, like a rock, it just fell out of the sky, making this whining sound as all the. And he was filming the jungle that surrounds my sister's <laughs> home, and easily could have lost oh. the plane altogether, the drone, whatever I should call it, the quadcopter. But luckily, it fell on her roof on one of the lower sections of her commodious home, and with a ladder, you were able to retrieve yes. the wounded body. And so how is it doing now? Well, I think it'll fly okay. Uh, I've had to order a few parts and things to get things back to normal, but uh, basically it came out okay. It's, it's fairly hardy. But I guess the thing that really shocked me was is that prop nut came off. Yeah, it twisted itself off. So if you have bought one of these or any type of helicopter, make sure your props stay on. And I'm using uh, acorn lock nuts now, so they will not come off again. Suppose I never even thought about it. Live and learn. Well, it was kind of jungly there. But you did manage to avoid another major disappointment when we were at my sister's, because in South Carolina, they are not very interested in watching the bears. And you oh, scoured yeah. the TV, um, all the possibilities. The Chicago Bears football team. Um, and they Three were not, and, oh. and they were not being broadcast anywhere. And you were heartbroken. I bought a product called a Simple TV. And this is a box that requires no computer. And it has a jack for Ethernet, which you plug into your Internet connection at home. And you plug the other end, uh, the, another connection into an, a TV antenna. And so what the, this does is throw your antenna reception out over the Internet. Very cool. So all the stations that you get over the air, OTA, are now available to you uh, through a web browser. And you just log in, and you can ask it to record. You can watch recordings that you've made. You can watch live TV from home. Which in India will be very cool. Except you'll be eleven and a half hours no, off. No, but this is cool though. I can record it and listen, to, watch it anytime uh, I want uh, to. So I can you'll watch. You'll be busy watching elephants. 
no. colorful ceremonies. No, I'm going to be watching. Hindu temples. I'm going to be watching the Bears game. You can bet on that. We'll see. Well, unless but they, it's unless nice to know losing. that you can. So Simple TV is a very nice device. It's reasonably priced in the $100 range. And it requires no uh, subscription type thing. So it doesn't hook up to cable. It hooks up to your OTA antenna. And, of course, in your RV, if you have a decent Wi-Fi connection, you can watch TV from home. And it's in high definition and stuff like that. And record. It does not come with a hard drive, so you plug in a USB hard drive, which actually I think is a good idea because you can plug in any size hard drive you want to. And then it will uh, it just sits there on your network without any maintenance. It has no buttons or dials, not even an on-off button on it, so that when it's plugged into its power supply, it's on, and it uh, automatically logs on to the Internet and does whatever it needs to do. Sounds like something I could do. You could certainly watch it. And you can watch it on your iPhone, your iPad, your Android, your computer, large screen TV, whatever you have. To me, the main hitch is for camping that you have to have good internet to... Well, that's always an issue for to us. ...to download what you recorded at home and watch it. Yes, but if you have 4G, LTE... It happens every so often. Yes, indeed, it does. But one place it won't be happening <laughs> is if we go to... Burning Man. Now, do you think any of our listeners have been to Burning Man? I bet some of them have. Really? Our niece said that we're too old to go to Burning Man. <gasps> and while she may be right, that really got our Now, coach. Burning Man is a festival held every, at the end of August, beginning of September, just the in week In the Nevada before. desert. Why on earth do they do it and in it, August? Right. And I thought uh, we would just, it would be just kind of fun to go because it's thousands of people who get together and commune for a week. Kind of an artistic, cultural, free spirit. Yeah. And our, and our niece who lives in uh, San Francisco, we saw her while we were in South Carolina. And she said that some of her friends went to Burning Man, and they were appalled at how expensive it was. And, and we said, thought we were just going to drop it. But I thought, <laughs> I thought, expensive? It costs $400 per person. For nothing. And you get absolutely nothing. Exactly right. For the right to be there. Camp in the desert. And I mean, this is. Well, it's nowhere. You have to bring everything you're going to Gary, consume. Gary, if you're thinking of practicing your boondocking, that'd be the place to do it. This is the place to go. <laughs> because they offer, there's no stores, and you cannot leave. That's the other thing. It's, yeah. it's heavily controlled. It's supposed to be kind of a... A BN. ...entertainment and people doing crazy things. So well, look up Burning Man on the web. When you think about the economic impact of the annual Burning Man Festival in Nevada Desert, your first thoughts might turn to substantial increases in the sale of legal products like sunscreen, hats, bottled water, portable barbecues, etc. Not to mention a few products deemed illegal that just might make their way to the celebration. Perhaps the hottest commodity for at least the more well-heeled attendees, however, is RVs. Thousands of them, all shapes and sizes, are rented out. And uh, we have a link to this, to an article about this. To the mentor who not only rents them out for $500 a day, but has to clean out the re interesting <laughs> remains after the people return them after the festival. But if you have your own RV, you can go to Birdie Man for $400. Such a deal. Can you imagine? $400 to go and then 500 bucks a day for an, With to your rent RV. an RV. Wow. We don't wow. cruise for that. I. <laughs> I'm so, sure, no. dear listener, if any of you have been there, we would like to know whether it's worth $400 a day, which I would think is all that we would have to pay, and whether it's a pleasant experience to be in the Nevada desert at the end of August. It's which hard to imagine. Really hot. I don't know. 
be cool to take the Phantom. There's some. Oh, there's yeah. There's some nice uh, YouTube's of Phantom flying over the aerial photography. Last year there were eighteen thousand people there. It was like a big city. Yeah, it was. It was large. Uh, as we mentioned, we stayed in Hershey. <laughs> And Hershey, uh, you know, the dominant thing there is the Hershey Chocolate Factory. And what did you make? A candy bar with my name on it. Martha. Yes. And I added the ingredients that I like best. All right. As did you. A new little Hershey Chocolate Factory is to make your own candy bar. The only problem is it's so pretty I don't dare eat it. Well, we haven't. We will never eat them. <laughs> we have nice pictures of them being made. And we stayed. You know, it was hard to find a place to stay. And we talked about this before. The Hershey RV show, which is the next item on our agenda, is <laughs> is uh, very large. And they said uh, on their website, they said, if you want to come and park in the parking lot, we have 100 spaces, first come, first serve. And I thought, Whoa. We've been to Tampa and other places, Quartzsite, of course. They either take reservations or they have unlimited amount of parking. And we thought, I... It made us nervous to drive all the way there and not have a place to stay. Yeah, so the first night we got there, we went over to the... Boondocking area. Boondocking area. And this was totally boondocking. And there were two lonely ladies (laughs) sitting at a card table with nothing to do and no customers. They were there to collect $25 for you to boondock there. But it was 50 bucks at the campground. campground, and we didn't have 50 yet. We had to run our generator anyway, which is really crazy. Um, so if you're going to the Hershey RV show again, at least two or 300 Yeah, it spaces. didn't look like it would it be any huge, problem to boondock Huge there. space for boondocking. And certainly when you boondock on site, you're nice yeah. and close, although the Hershey parking was plentiful um, as long as you didn't mind walking a ways. And they had shuttles if you couldn't walk that far. Yeah, it was convenient, but not as convenient as the... You could just walk right into the show. And when you stay at a $50 a night campground, you expect to use the facilities. We were parked right next to a sand volleyball court. <laughs> Which nobody used the whole time we were there. RV resorts can be very expensive, and we were... One show we were watching... On TV, yeah. Oh, it was called Beaches and RVs. There's so many good RV shows And on people TV. were raving about this uh, campground in the panhandle of Florida and in, camping right on the beach, in, which you know we love to do. We've in done Destin. It, we've done it in Texas. And we Texas. love the Destin uh, State Park. Yeah, it's very nice there. But then after the TV <laughs> show got us all revved up, we went and looked up the fees for staying at this resort. $300, $300 a, a night. night. For RV spot. And, and it looked kind of squishy, too, yeah. I thought. So I don't know. So never mind. Never mind. We will not be doing that in the near future. But we should talk a little bit more about the Hershey RV show because that that was one of <laughs> our ma- hundreds of miles to major get destinations. And speaking for myself, I would say I found it disappointing. Yes. Um, I very much have enjoyed the Tampa Super Show for all of the gizmos and gadgets and accoutrements that are for sale, as well as obviously touring the various kinds of RVs that are on site. My guess would be that Hershey had more RVs than the Tampa Super Show, but after a time, your mind just kind of blurs with all the RVs. Well, unless you're you looking for something in to and buy. out of, yeah. We were surprised at how many were sold. I mean, we were there on the first two days of the show, and a lot of them had the doors sign. locked with sold, sold signs on the window. The, the second day, which is uh, which is, I guess, good news for the RV industry. But this uh, show was uh, basically travel trailers. Basically a lot low, of low end, end yeah. and I guess one of the things that really shocked me was how cheap you could get a Class A for. They had twenty-five and thirty-foot Class As for sixty and seventy thousand dollars, which would worry me a little bit. Sometimes mm-hmm. you get what you pay for. 
Yeah, but it's a basic bottle, and you know, it, it's, it, door, it's, it's stripped down, and it's you know, it's it's usable certainly. Thor, in particular, had some very good uh, prices on things, and uh, some very sharp-looking models in the in that range. One of the cool things was uh, many of the models had uh, drop-down beds of various which is a nice space right. utilization we've, all, we've often thought about a murphy bed for uh-huh. an rv uh-huh. and that's kind of impractical but they what they've done some uh, rethinking and now the beds kind of come down from the top or they they flip down and that's some interesting changes in that in that venue so even though the hershey arena is quite large and could have accommodated many many more vendors than were there which we really appreciated visiting when it was 96 degrees because the arena is air conditioned we couldn't even buy a water filter which was one of the things on our shopping list the the seminars that were presented i thought were very limited and on the the week they had the same very repetitive. Yeah. So I would say overall, I, I have enjoyed the Tampa Super Show much more. Well, I think the and RV the, rallies are better. And the Quartzite Show is very strong in the Gizmos and Gadgets uh-huh. department. Uh-huh. I would oh, yeah, say. Well, yeah. It's almost all Gizmos and Gadgets. Uh-huh. Yeah, with over 350 vendors. And this right. one had, I would say, in the 100, 125 range. You know, you go here probably to buy an RV, which is uh, which is fine. Yeah, and, 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 and it's nice to see, see them yourself rather than the, in a picture. On uh, the HG network, you're going to see uh, uh, RV 2014, which was uh, being filmed while we were there. Uh, a couple of other things. We, you know, it was interesting to see who was there. Of course, you give up some wall wall space for the ramp that brings you in or out of the coach. Um, But But it had a lift. And and the countertops were at the right height, and there was room to get around the bed. It was very thoughtfully planned out. Yes, I thought so, too. And they had two different floor plans, which was impressive there at the show. But it has the, the, the side of the RV flips down, and it lowers to the ground to... To bring up your your wheelchair, and then it's flat so that you can just roll the wheelchair right out into the floor plan. And the bathroom had a, a roll-in yeah, shower, yeah. which was big enough to accommodate a wheelchair, or at least get you in the door. Yeah, or sit down inside right. of it. All the doors were big enough for a wheelchair. Because every so, so often we do encounter couples where one of them is still fit and the other one is not, and it's nice to see about us golden oldies and making it possible to keep going yeah. even when you can't quite keep going and uh, noticeable in their in their lack of attendance was monaco i don't yeah. know what's happened to monaco coaches they were they've been recently uh, purchased from navistar by some company uh in indiana and i don't know if monaco is going to be around. one of the things that's that surprised me also um, is the impact of flat panel tvs I think that up until probably the early 2000s, no, probably the mid-2000s, that actually floor plans were determined by the size of of TVs. And they took up so much depth. They took up so much depth, and so the only real logical place was above the driver's compartment, and that really limited the kind of floor plans that you could have in a home. And probably in fifth wheels and, and... other, t- other towables also. And now, with flat panels being the norm and big ones, 
they now have been able to offer a wide variety of different floor plans. I mean, we've been re very lucky to have our flat panel in the middle of the coach, which makes it much more usable because we can see it while seated, seated in our chairs. <laughs> and that's that may seem very obvious, but it, it hasn't been for a long time. There are a lot of people with sore necks out there that are Indeed. trying to look up above the driver's seat. And so, you know, this one technology has transformed the RV market once again because they have uh, the option of putting the TVs almost anywhere and, and putting them so that they go up and down and so you flip would have out. have a cabin that you could use for other yeah, things and even when the, you put the TV you know, Even the pleasure ways and the, the road treks can have a decent-sized TV in them because they're so small. The TVs are so small. Uh, so that was a, an interesting option, and I think we're seeing floor plans in all sorts of RVs, primarily. So if you plan to go to the Hershey RV show next year, go on the days when it's not too hot. We won't be there. <laughs> <laughs> we had a listener who has sent us an email and suggested, in a very nice way, that we make a group on Facebook. Ooh. She's joined um, a group created by one of our fellow RV podcast people. Living the RV dreams. And founded a great Q&A forum and feels that it will save Ken some time writing emails about the same things over and over again, which could be true. So Amy says, uh, what do you think? I don't think the moderator had too much to do, except maybe you get less emails and, and more questions posted out there. And more people get to read about stuff, too. Just an idea from someone who, who might enjoy having a Facebook page for the RV Navigator links the monthly links I on there really looked into it too much so based on on listener response and suggestions and suggestions uh i'm not going to do it this next month because we're obviously busy because we're, we're distracted leaving. but for the, the new year a new year's resolution if we get response that people would like to have a facebook page i don't really know why i want a facebook page i, I mean i we have a facebook page for, for ourselves, ourselves. And I find Facebook rather annoying. Well, you get all this junk on there you so don't I'm want. Gonna put, I'm going to put you in charge of no, the Facebook no, page. Then it won't happen. And they, they, have Sorry, rights to, they have rights to your face and their privacy. I'm, I'm on Facebook because you have people that I love are on Facebook. Otherwise, I wouldn't be. But you love your listeners. Yes. Well, yeah. I try to be open-minded. So help us get a vision for the <laughs> Facebook page and what it should look like and what should be on it. Yeah. I don't know. As you're putting your, your motorhome or your your RV away for the winter, you might want to think about uh, RV battery thefts. They're on the rise this year, and it's something any owner can prevent. RV batteries, just like some car batteries, can be expensive and sell for even more than the retail price allows. Some thieves take the opportunity to hunt down specific battery types for resale, leaving you with no battery and a hefty cost to replace it. So this article has some tips about how to keep your batteries from being stolen. You used to bring our trailer one in the house, didn't you? Well, that wasn't because it was going to be stolen because I didn't want it to freeze. Uh -huh. <laughs> but that, of course, is one of the suggestions, yeah, yeah. is bring the battery inside. A lot of travel trailers have the battery sitting on the tongue and it's not locked. It's very in vulnerable. In our motorhome, it's in a locked compartment, and you'd have to guess which compartment. Well, I suppose you could guess, but yeah. you'd, you, it would be a lot of work. It's less in your face. Yes. But, uh, you know, you might want to consider this as a problem and... Uh, take some preventative measures in advance. And, of course, putting a chain on it or something is, uh, is the best way. And I wonder if they steal the propane tanks, too, because that's usually where they're both together. Yeah. Why would you want a propane tank? 
I see batteries. Well, you get for the 25 metal? bucks or so. For yeah, the metal? Well, you get 25 bucks if you just take them and turn them in. I mean, people that yeah. are meth addicts do what they can do. Yeah. Uh, another idea is the RVGC. RV Golf Course, a new membership program. Really? We don't know anything about it except what we've seen on the web, but for $49, you can join it for the year. And, 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 yeah, and you get to stay free at golf courses. And not play. And for free, free. free two night stays, it says. Uh-huh. And you don't have to be a golfer to join, and you might get discounts on golf play at some of these resorts, too. So, worth looking into. Maybe they'll have maybe a booth at Quartzite. Maybe they will, and maybe they'll offer us a membership so we can test it out. And so maybe somebody from there listens to the RV Navigator. We never get anything for free. <laughs> and then I want to talk about the tailgater. When you're filling those 20- and 30-pound uh, propane tanks... They're heavy. And they rattle around in the bed well, of your truck. They're still heavy. <laughs> but I've always, I always worried yeah, what we had in the like back of our... Yeah, but big bombs rolling around in the back of yeah, your Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. I was always worried about where, how to transport tanks when we got them filled. Because unlike now, where our propane tank is permanently attached to the frame, we have to drive the motorhome to the propane fill station, which is its own set of problems. When you go to Flying J and they don't have the right connection... God... Or the machine doesn't work. Yes. Another anyway. rant is coming up. <laughs> there she goes. She's off and running. I thought it was you. I'm, I'm toning myself down. All right. Okay. So uh, another problem that you have is, is that when you have to pr- transport the tanks, if you have a, a towable, is that they rattle around in your vehicle. And so this company has come up with what they call the tailgater, which is a security strap system so that the tank will be tied down tied down while you're transporting it. Yeah, because he mentioned that you using could, a bungee cord would not be a good idea, I guess. You could break hard and it, send it through your back window. There are all sorts of things. That yeah, I had even... This is a Campers Displaced Nudist at Davy Resort. <laughs> I don't think I have that article. <laughs> I saved it for, my, for me. <laughs> we always like to hear about uh, nude camping resorts. Uh, for more than four decades, folks frolicked in the buff in the sun-dappled plot in western Davie County in Florida. Not anymore. It's the sole nudist resort in the county has been transformed into a very vanilla venue. A K-O-A. <laughs> <laughs> the venerable Seminole Health Club and Resort has, in nudist vernacular, gone textile. In other words... <laughs> Put on clothes. This leaves but one South Florida locale where enthusiasts can hang out in nature unencumbered by clothing. Where's that? Sun Sports Gardens in Loxahatchee. Oh, where's that? I have no idea. (laughs) If you'd like to read this article, please click on the link in the RV Navigator October 2013 webpage. Are there pictures? Uh, I don't know. She's... Okay, so, dear friends, we have come to the end of, once again, of another fabulous episode of the RV Navigator, and we are enjoying the summer while we can, and we hope that you are too. And will you be in a campground near us in the the not-too-distant future? No. No. (laughs) We would like to be, but you will not be part of that. But 
we will hope to see you in the winter, and we will be taking off again in our motorhome in after the holidays. After the holidays in January, so we will be spending a long time traveling and visiting we'll, the. We'll be traveling the Indian subcontinent looking for campgrounds. Ooh-wee. So until we see you, we will say goodbye. Happy travels. I know.